0: Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here at the church today, in my office, even though nobody else is here. Um, But I'm here, and I've got my Bible open to Matthew chapter 16. I'd like to read verses 18 and 19, where Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus said, I will build my church. We've been spending time talking about the advancement of the kingdom of God through fervent, focused, and united prayer. We've been tying these specific types of prayer to God's promises and the promised blessings that God has laid out for us in scripture, like a roadmap to a waterfall. By following the roadmap, we position ourselves to experience that blessing, which is ours in Christ, if we will follow God's roadmap by faith. We've so far looked at those promised blessings, which come through humility, and through intercession, and through unity. In this passage we read today, we see one more promised blessing that is ours in Christ pertaining to prayer, that is the promised blessing that comes through the exercise of spiritual authority. Jesus said, "I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven." Jesus is building his church to occupy the places current, currently being held by the gates of Hades. The keys and authority to bind and loose have been given to the church to accomplish this task. Now, that sounds pretty exciting and pretty daunting, but to have an understanding of what this looks like, it's important to understand the vision of the church that Jesus is picturing here. When Jesus said, I will build my church, the word in the Greek translated as church there is ekklesia, this is a word and an understanding of the church that God's people are rediscovering in our day. I want to credit Ed Silvoso and his book, Ecclesia, with much of what I'm going to share today about the Ecclesia in this podcast. Jesus' use of this word, Ecclesia, in describing the church is interesting because to those who were listening to Jesus on that day, it would have not necessarily been thought of as a religious word. But, in fact, this would have appeared to be really quite revolutionary. Ecclesia was actually a secular word. Its primary definition during this time was an assembly of Roman citizens convening with the governmental authority of Rome. The Greek and Roman version of the ecclesia took on various forms and sizes. According to Sir William Ramsay, when a group of Roman citizens as small as two or three gathered anywhere in the world and constituted a conventus, that is, a local expression of the government of Rome. Although geography separated them from their capital and their emperor, their coming together as fellow citizens automatically brought the power and presence of Rome into their midst. You see this in Acts chapter 19 when a riot starts in Ephesus due to Paul's preaching And a mob grabs two of Paul's helpers, Gaius and Aristarchus, and moves to the Roman theater where the city clerk tells them if they have a legitimate complaint against these men that it must be settled before the assembly or the ecclesia, referring to that assembly of Roman citizens in Ephesus that had authority to enforce Roman law. This context brings so much more power to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 18 when he said, Truly I tell you, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. It's interesting that the original English translations of the Bible by William Tyndale in the 1500s translated the word ecclesia, as assembly, which is truer to its original meaning. When King James of England commissioned his translation of the scriptures, the King James Bible, he placed 15 directives on the scholars assigned to the task. One of those specifically prohibited them from translating the word ecclesia as assembly, but instead prescribed the word church, because by this time in history, the word church was clearly understood as being a church building, with clergy and in the case of the church of england governed by the king the idea of free functioning assemblies of believers even within a framework of organized congregations ran contrary to king james's desire for total control and a centralized power structure although our access to the scriptures has changed our perception and understanding of the church quite a bit in the last 400 years this mindset has stuck and that we still tend to do church using a building as the centralized venue for doing the work of the ministry. But this was not the vision that Jesus laid out for the church. Where previously, the temple and the synagogue were static institutions that were building-centered, the ecclesia was a mobile people movement that could operate 24 hours a day, seven days a week, wherever two or three were gathered, whether it be in a home, or in the marketplace, or in a school, or in a neighborhood. Where God's people exist, there the Spirit of God is present. And where the Spirit of God is present, so is the power and authority of the King of Kings to bind and loose and displace the gates of Hades and to establish the kingdom of God. Satan often traps the church in its buildings, that is, we, we hold church services, create church programs, form church committees, teach church classes, and never stop to ask why, with all this activity, we aren't expanding the kingdom of God into the gates of hell or effectively discipling our city. Now, I want to be careful to avoid being misunderstood. I, I'm in no way demeaning or diminishing or devaluing the local church as expressed through local congregations. I'm a pastor in a local church. What kind of hypocrite would I be if I did that? Jesus certainly didn't discard everything that went on at the temple or in the synagogue, but assimilated important elements of both into his ecclesia. From the temple, he kept the understanding of the indwelling presence of God. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we are the living stones being built into a spiritual house. From the synagogue, he kept the central role of the scriptures and the fellowship of its members, as well as the seat of spiritual authority among those members. But for us to accomplish the mission of the church as communicated by Jesus in the scriptures, for many of us, it will take a paradigm shift in terms of our understanding of who we are as the church and how we are designed to function in the world. That's why it's worth spending time studying this word ecclesia. Because ultimately, the power of the ecclesia is not in its numbers, but in the authority of its agreement. The church is meant to be like leaven in a loaf of bread that permeates the loaf, as opposed to M&M's in a cookie, where the shell prevents what's inside from spreading. And you have to look for them, so you make sure to get one when you take a bite. You know what I'm talking about. You know how disappointing it is when you take a bite out of one of those M&M cookies and you get nothing but dough. Now, we don't experience the promised blessing by exercising our spiritual authority inside the church building, but through the assembling of believers in the high places, in those places Satan currently occupies in government, in business, in education, in media, in neighborhoods, in households, places where we've been given the keys of the kingdom of heaven to bind the enemy and loose the spirit and the blessing and freedom. It comes from the release of God's presence through the ecclesia in those places. We need to ask ourselves, where are other believers where we live? Where are the other believers where we work? Where are the other believers where we go to school? How can we connect with them, not just for encouragement, but to pray? This is why the Bible says, Do not forsake the assembling together of one another. Because the power of the ecclesia, the assembly, is not in its numbers, but in the authority of its agreement. These are the keys to the kingdom that have been given to us. And that's where we find the promised blessing. So let's agree together as we pray for the people around us. As we pray for our city. As we pray for our nation. Amen.